Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Time now for the Live Wire with J.D. Marlowe. <laughs> All right, so yesterday we spent uh, the 220 segment talking about the Niners' decision to fire Steve Wilkes because it was pretty wild that the defensive coordinator of a team in the Super Bowl lost his job. Well, America's long snapper, J.J. Jansen, he joined Mac and Bone yesterday morning, and he agreed with us that it just didn't make a whole lot of sense that Kyle Shanahan moved on from his former interim head coach. We saw it in the playoffs. There was certainly an, a weakness in the run defense that was exposed in the in the first two playoff games. But I thought San Francisco played fantastic on defense in the Super Bowl. A ton of tenacity. They held Mahomes to 19 points. Seven of those came off of a, a ball off the heel on a punt. Like, they outplayed. You know, this is the tough part about football. San Francisco, for four quarters on defense, outplayed Kansas City's defense. Second, you know, four, or uh, overtime goes, they kick a field goal, Mahomes scores a touchdown, and in the aftermath of the game, San Francisco's defense, who played better, they fire their D, D coordinator, and the Chiefs give their D coordinator, uh, Steve Spagnuolo, an extension. That's yeah. that is the ruthlessness of this of this job. Yeah. Steve Wilkes is a fantastic coach. They played really well on defense. They did struggle a little bit in the second half of the season, but I would also argue that the second half of the season, they played much better offenses and much better quarterbacks. People say, well, this isn't a scapegoat. I don't know if it is. I don't know what's going on inside that building, but I would just ask if they win the Super Bowl, are they firing Steve Wilkes? Wes, you said you were okay and fine with the move. Do you agree with JJ's assessment that their defense outplayed Kansas City's for at least the regulation period of the Super Bowl? I mean, that's a tough question to answer because I, I think that Kansas City's defense definitely, uh, you know, even though San Francisco has some busts on the offensive line and things of that nature, but I felt like they got stops when need be. And I feel like when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, when you hold a team to a field goal, it is a stop. And uh, they were definitely a bend but don't break type of defense because we saw in the opening drive, San Francisco went right down the field, but then they get the fumble. Um, you know, and so late in the game, they got stops that were field goals, even though they gave up the touchdown uh, that put San Francisco ahead at first. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is a ruthless position. And like you said, you look at a guy like Dan Campbell, who the performance they had in the Super Bowl, I mean, not in the Super Bowl, but in the playoffs, and then he gets a head coaching job. But I just will maintain that I don't think that this was just a, a Super Bowl situation or a playoff situation. I think that – you look at the totality of the season and all the different things that tra transpired. I just don't think it was a fit. And then it culminated in a loss in the Super Bowl. I think if they win the game, they bring back Wilkes. But I still think there's some awkwardness and the fit may not be where they want it to be. But I just don't think it was a great fit from the beginning as far as culturally with the players and uh, you know, with the staff, and I think that's why the move was made. Well, that's that's the part that's interesting, though. If San Francisco wins and we think Steve Wilkes comes back, then are we really talking about just the one play on special teams where San Francisco can't field it? Ray Ray McLeod doesn't jump on it. It does. The football doesn't hit. 
or maybe Ray Ray McLeod does jump on it after the football hits the foot of one of the special teams players, and then San Francisco gets possession and at the very least is able to flip the field because even if you go three and out, you can punt it further away than 11 yards out, which is what the touchdown reception was for Valdez Scantling. Like, if that doesn't happen and maybe the 49ers win, then Steve Wilkes keeps his job. And to me, like, that just doesn't it, – it's not logical. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. So I get it if Steve Wilkes and Kyle Shanahan couldn't get on the same page the entire year. That's all fine. But it does feel like when J.J. asked, is Steve Wilkes coming back as a Super Bowl champion? If they win, is he back as D.C.? I do think that's true. Like, Spencer, Spencer Hall, college football writer, he calls this a big old stupid dumb game. Because, right, like, football just can't explain some stuff sometimes, right? When we came in and we talked about the Super Bowl, we didn't really have a real point to and say, all right, it was Brock Purdy's fault. Well, no, I didn't do anything special. He's pretty good. Brock Purdy's pretty good in this game. All right, well, the defense, they performed so well until those last two drives, they gave up a field goal to Pat Mahomes, and then they gave up the touchdown in overtime. But goodness gracious, it's Pat Mahomes. They played pretty well. They played excellently so in the first half. All right, well, they didn't go for it on fourth down, but they kicked the field goal. Then you have the missed extra point. What if Moody hits the extra point? What if he gets that football up in the air and doesn't lowball it, allowing Kansas City to block it? It's just, man, a big old stupid dumb game, which we all love. One play, like one instance, gets a guy fired, despite going as far as you possibly can, except for one other team who eventually wins it in overtime. Yeah, man, it just feels like a lot to fire somebody because of it. What you got, Fitty? Earlier this week, we uh, we mentioned in, in in passing that the ACC tournament after this year will be in North Carolina for the next five years, uh, splitting time between Greensboro and Charlotte. And earlier this week, Eric Spanberg from the Charlotte Business Journal, he joined the KB Show to tell us why the ACC made that decision. They have come to recognize that this event still feels special when it's in North Carolina, and it feels different when it's here compared to anywhere else and i know people are going to say well yeah but it used to be they rolled in the tv when you're like i get it you know times have changed but it is still an event in in north carolina unlike the way it is viewed anywhere else i mean that a conference with four teams from the tar heel state cares more about the basketball conference tournament than a Brooklyn, New York, or Washington, D.C. teams, areas that have maybe one or two teams to represent. And they didn't even get it all the way right, Walker, because the 75th ACC tournament, guess where it's going to be played? Where? Charlotte. Like, how hard is it to just put it back in Greensboro permanently? Like, I like when it's here. It's cool when it's in our backyard, but it's rightful home is in Greensboro. And just when I want to give Jim Phillips... An ounce of credit. He can't even get it all the way right. It's like, nah, I can't say that. But I am glad to see that it's going to be in North Carolina for the next five years. <laughs> that was quite the roller coaster going through your mind and trying to figure out what you could say. I don't mind it being in Charlotte as much, but I do like Greensboro being very heavy into the rotation. I would love that for it to never leave Greensboro in you know more than like what a three-year stretch of time maybe even less than that maybe every other year or something like that to go back to greensboro but i do love it here in charlotte it's when you start to go way too far from the roots it's when you start to go to brooklyn and even dc without maryland being there 
those two cities hosting the ACC tournament, that's where it feels a little weird. And I know you have Virginia and Virginia Tech in the area with a D.C. location, but even still, nobody's going to, oh, this ACC tournament right in the heart of ACC country there in our nation's capital or in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, man, that's where it has. That's where I have a problem with. Why? Why are you doing it? Like Big Ten plays it at Indianapolis, and they have it set. ACC plays in the state of North Carolina or somewhere here that actually cares more about ACC basketball, and you got everything set. It feels like they could do that, and it would be a lot better. So I'm glad that it's going to be in the state of North Carolina. I'm not going to be picky and choosy and just say, "Hey, now we need to go all the way to just Greensboro." Yeah, uh, I'm with Fitty, but I'll, you know, I'm all for Charlotte or Greensboro, one of the two. Um, you know, the out of town ones, of course, for me. You know, I do enjoy some of the trips, but uh, and I think Brooklyn puts it on a brighter stage but i think we're past the point now with so much tv exposure that you don't need to have your tournament and all these other markets to try to gain eyes from different television markets and things like that and fans in different cities i think the acc's reach uh, is without question but you know i don't mind it being in charlotte i think charlotte or greensboro i'm okay with that that'll do it for the live wire with fitty marlowe